Did you miss Canty and Carlin? If you were catching the three and a half, maybe bought it to four. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers catching three and a half to four against the Cincinnati Bengals in the first half. You had your boots propped up and you were feeling good. Yeah, I was a sucker. I was a sucker. I was a sucker. He's Chris Canty. I'm Ian Fitzsimmons in for Chris Carlin here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers by saying play ESPN Radio as we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Hey, Canny, big fella, in step, right there with you, man, joined at the hip, and then all hell broke loose. The Bucks season was summed up in one game. We'll touch on that coming up in just a moment. But there was a remarkably questionable call that the head coach, Todd Bowles, who, I, full disclaimer, I love the guy. Known him a long time. You played for him with the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. You know, I covered him in, when he was with the Dallas Cowboys. We've stayed in touch over the years. I like Todd Bowles. Yeah. More as a colonel, I guess, than a head coach because <laughs> you have to approve more as a colonel than the general, right? You've got to approve that the call your special teams coordinator says, sends in 17 zip. Hey, let's go fake punt here on fourth and short. And you agree with it. That is on the shoulders of the head coach. So when you saw that fake punt, your reaction, having played the game as long as you did, was what? I I didn't understand it because your defense had held the uh, Bengals offense down the entire game. All you gave up was a field goal right before halftime. So why give the Cincinnati Bengals any oxygen on the offensive side of the ball? Why gift them a short field if it doesn't work out? I get that it's fourth and short. I get that you want to keep some momentum rolling coming out of halftime. But under those circumstances, you punt the football away and you play defense. You make them go the long, hard way, drive 70, 80 yards. You don't gift wrap the ball to them in plus territory, point blank range for a scoring opportunity. That's just something you don't do, especially when you're up by 14 points. And, and, and take us onto the field, man, also, because it, it, it was not everybody was on the same play page, including, obviously, Gio Bernard. We'll hear from him in a moment. But, man, if you're going to make that call, every you have to be 100% spot on that that is your number one fake punt. You know, the, that's the best you've got in your arsenal. And yeah. everybody knows exactly what they are going, what they are supposed to do. Well, here's the thing. I don't mind Todd Bowles trying to be aggressive, and we saw a little bit of that in the first half, right? We saw him being aggressive. They had that goal line stand where there was fourth down on the goal line, and they said, "You know what? We're not settling for a field goal this time. We're going to try to punch it in." And they uh, they had that quick pass to Russell Gage, the one where Mike Evans is blocking on the wide receiver screen. That made perfect sense to me in that yeah, situation. Back left corner of the you end set, zone, touchdown. You set, yeah, yeah. You, you settle for a field goal. Okay, that makes sense. I get that. That makes sense. You didn't want to settle for another field goal. But, but going for a fake punt under those circumstances when you're up by double digits at home, that's just not the right way to go. But even if you make that decision, you damn well better make sure that everything is buttoned up and the operation is clean. And <laughs> it wasn't. And that's saying the least. Yeah, it looked like it looked like Bernard almost didn't expect the the fake punt to happen, right? So yeah. he was asked about it after the game. Here's Gio Bernard, Bucks running back, in, an, in a unique interaction with reporters in the locker room. 
stay out talking this week. Oh, well, you're well you were injured all year. What have you done for us Sorry. to talk to you about all year? Okay. I, I talked to you Tuesday. You just don't oh. just talk. Don't say you're not talking because I didn't talk hold to you all year. Wait. You were also injured most of the season hold too. Hold on, Can I can I go to my family that I have outside? And you all can. Of a sudden now, just, just don't say we didn't talk to you we, all year. We just yeah. wanted to ask for your perspective on what happened. You, there. You're involved in one of the biggest plays of the game. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate your time. We do. We won't hold you. We, we would have talked to you in the season, but also okay, you were injured. Just tell us what occurred on the, on the punt. Miscommunication, that's all it was on my part. I take complete fault for that. Did was it a know? fake? I don't know. It was complete fault. My fault. That's it. Did, Is it something the team hasn't practiced It's on me. All me. That's uh, something I did wrong, and that's all. So you were It was aware. all on me. Yep, number 25 out there. That was me. Um, I was the one that did it. But were you aware it was, it was just a fake? Me. Yeah, I, I messed up. I understand that. But I'm just asking if you knew it was I messed up. just didn't know if it was a communication Yeah, I messed down. up. Thank you. Okay. Yep. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Chris Canty, your reaction. I don't understand the cynicism coming from Giovanni Bernard. That makes no sense to me. Like, we all know you made a mistake. Why are you saying that was all me, yep, number 25? Why are you being a jerk to the media? They're not the ones that didn't know it was a damn fake punt and let the ball hit them in the face. That wasn't on them. That was on you. So owning it is 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 obviously the first step, but you don't have to be a jerk about it. They have a job to do just like you had the job to do. Now, just because you decided you didn't want to do your job on the field doesn't mean they shouldn't do their job when you're in the locker room. They have to ask you that question. There was a communication breakdown. Okay, what happened? If you want to say, I want to keep that in-house, but it was a clear communication breakdown because I didn't execute, that's fair. But don't stonewall the media by acting like a jerk. Don't be an ass to Jenna Lane, who does a great job for us covering the Tampa Bay Bucks and the other beat writers. You don't have to do that. I, I just I don't understand that. And then the coup de grace, Ian, to top it all off, you're going to hide behind your family? Really, dude? You're going to hide behind your family? Let me tell you something. As a part of your job, being an NFL player, you have to talk to the media. You know, the job that actually allows you to feed your family, you have to talk to the media. That's a part of it. They're the ones that help grow the game so you can cash checks. I don't understand that mentality. I get being irritated. I get being frustrated. But this is called professional football. Handle yourself like a damn professional. And that soundbite was not professionalism by Gio Bernard. It's inexcusable. And if I was the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'd cut his ass today. Not much more that I can add to that particular uh, assessment and rant by the good senator by way of Virginia, now in <laughs> Chicago, Chris Canty here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Now to the Bucks team. Man, you, you, you want if, if you can, and I didn't know it was possible, but if you, if you want to sum up an entire NFL team, an entire NFL franchise, and their entire season in one game, Yesterday epitomized the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2022 campaign. In the first half, they look like they can beat anybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. 17-3 lead, plus one t- turnover differential, you know, plus points in, points off turnover differential. And time of possession, nearly 11 minutes to the positive over Cincinnati. In the second half, here comes the Tampa Bay Buccaneer team that can lose to any team in the National Football League. Point differential, minus 25, minus 4 in, in turnovers, minus 21 in point differential, 
and minus 44 seconds in time of possession. You went from plus 14 in points, plus a positive in turnovers, positive in points, and nearly 11 minutes mm. in time of possession mm. to negative in all four categories by a, by a wide margin. That sums up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' entire season in one game. Yeah, that, that falls on Todd Bowles, man. And, and you know I love Todd. I know you love Todd. But you're coaching it or you're letting it happen. Either way, it's unacceptable. You start the second half up 17-3, to and you have five consecutive turnovers to the Cincinnati Bengals. I didn't know that Joe Burrow needed that much help to win a football game, Ian. Five consecutive right. turnovers that led to 24 Bengals points. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible – that you would do that. Think about this. The Cincinnati Bengals are a top 10 offense in yards, top five offense in points, and you gifted them the ball five times in a row. What did you think was going to happen? It was going to end bad. Yesterday was a lot of firsts for Tom Brady. It was the first time that he's lost eight games in a season, in a regular season. It was the first time where he's had multiple interceptions and a fumble lost in a game. And, oh, by the way, now you're starting to look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and wonder – is this team actually going to be in the playoffs with all of the hey. other teams in the <laughs> NFC South being one five and nine? One game back in the loss column. One, all of them. Carolina, Nolens, Atlanta. Yeah. All now just and they're one all starting, game back. They're all starting backup level quarterbacks. Sam Darnold, Desmond Ritter, Andy Dalton. And if you're Todd Bowles, you got Tom Brady and you can't win that division? Come on now. Man, it was that that one was hard to watch, especially if you were catching the three and a half, and especially if you bought it to four. Oh. He's Chris Canty, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons, and for Chris Carlin. Coming up, the Patriots lost a game in the most un-Belichickian way that you can imagine. When you return, we'll try and assign some blame for that L here on Canty and Carlin. I'm Ian Fitzsimmons, and for Chris Carlin, he's Chris Canty, ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? What a great mashup by the crew <laughs> Ryan the Patriots like color guy just said, this might, this might be one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, Scott Zolak at the end there. Oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh. I mean, so look, it, 
I, I didn't get it. I mean, that's like splitting tens, right? I mean, what are yeah. you doing? Ramondre yeah. Stevenson, you're smarter than that, man. Yeah. I mean, just he they they all admitted afterward they were not told to do laterals. It was an improv, and that's situational awareness. That that was one of the dumbest decisions I have seen in a few years on a football field at any level, especially in an, on the NFL level, live to fight another day. When that happened, Chris, I mean, you and I were talking, you know, before the show in our pre-show meeting, that was one of the strangest endings because did they forget the Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Martin, they forget it was tied. Yeah, that's I mean, the what thing. The hell? It's almost like J.R. Smith when he played for the Cavs with LeBron in the NBA Finals against the Golden State Warriors. Shoot Remember the ball. when LeBron has a 50-point triple-double and J.R. is not shooting the ball? It's like, what the hell Just are you the doing? rebound, he's running and it J- out. Like, what are you and doing? J.R. is like, did you not know that you were down in that situation? And In this instance, it's like, did you guys think you were down in this situation? Because the game was actually tied. They called a draw play with three seconds left in the game. They're not trying to win the game. Bill Belichick, Matt Patricia, I get that they've gotten a lot of blame on how they've handled things with the offensive play calling. But I have a hard time putting that loss on them, Ian, because they called a draw play. I mean, it's akin to a kneel down. You're 50 yards away from the end zone. You're on your own 45. That's what I'm saying. It's not like you think you're going to win the game on that last play in regulation. That's a give-up draw. We see teams do it all the time on third and forever. They're going to punt and get off the field. In this instance, let it go to overtime, get off the field. Why would Ramondre Stevenson flip the ball back to Jacoby Myers? And then why would Jacoby Myers try to throw the ball across the field? But But here's the other thing. Think about who you're throwing it to. You're throwing it to Mac Jones. Because you think Mac Jones is going to break tackles and get you to the end zone? Stop yourself. The minute that you saw you were throwing it back to number 10, you know what you should have done? Held on to the ball, taken the hit, got tackled, lived to fight another down in overtime, especially with the defense that the Patriots have. I, I just don't understand how players can be it's a bad beat. that man, unaware that's... in that situation. But here's the deal, man. Everybody wants to put it on Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. I just can't do that, even though it's one of the worst ways I've seen a team lose a game. I can't put that on the head coach in the OC. I just can't. No, but, it's, it's not, go ahead, Evan. Yeah, how do you not put a? How do you not put it on the head coach? At some point, somebody has to say to them, "Under no circumstances are we lateraling it here." And number two, like that's a draw play that's not going to result in a touchdown. Why didn't they just take a knee? Like, why did they even put the ball in Ramondre Stevenson's hands to run a draw? It's not like there was enough time on the clock to run a draw, like kind of like Dak Prescott in the playoffs, get down and call timeout and try like a, a long field goal. I don't understand why they didn't just take a knee if they wanted to go overtime. And part of that is on the head coach, Bill Belichick, and part of that is on the, I'm going to say it, the offensive play caller, Matt Patricia, which just seems like an oxymoron at this point. But, like, some of that is on the coaching staff. The fact that they put the ball in these players' hands without the set instructions to take a knee and go down or to just not take just take a knee with Mac Jones, that is on the coaches. Whoa, 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 whoa. Here's the thing, Ev. You had me with the, okay, maybe you should have called a kneel down rather than a draw play. But the thing I, I can't get with is the coaching staff needing to tell Ramondre Stevenson or Jacoby Myers not to ladder the ball. Let me tell you something. In that situation, if I got to tell the running back or my, start, my starting slot receiver not to ladder the ball, 
then they shouldn't be on my team. Then clearly they do, though. Maybe no, you do, then I they shouldn't be on the team. They, they should be like be Gio on Bernard team. on the waiver wire. If I had to tell them that in that situation, they shouldn't be on my team. They shouldn't. I shouldn't have to tell you but that. They are. It's three seconds Evan. left in the game. But they I'm are on your a team. Draw play. Evan, Evan, I'm with I'm with Chris on this one. Uh, I mean, in step, because if you have to tell a player, we are not lateraling when you ran a draw play. Laterals when you when you lateral, you're going either stack on one side or you know two wide on each, and then you have your laterals play. And it's and 99 out of 100 times, CC. It's you're throwing the football for laterals. You're not running the football. So if you have to tell players when you're running a draw that you're not going to lateral the football, then that player should not be on on your team. You're you're just if you if you if you think you have to say that, then your 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 team is just too dumb to be suiting up. You know you know I felt worse for in that moment in Mac Jones with a stiff arm. Not even Mac Jones. The hell with Mac Jones. I felt bad for the offensive lineman. Because if you watch the reaction from the offensive lineman, they're looking around at Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Myers like, what the hell are you guys doing? The offensive linemen are saying they're, 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 I mean, they're they're looking around like, what the hell are you guys doing? Why are you got David Andrews like, why are you doing this? It makes no sense. I felt bad for the offensive lineman. And it, it just, it reminded me of some of the worst endings that we've seen in pro football. It's right up there with what happened in Super Bowl Forty Nine with Russell Wilson throwing the interception at the goal line. Who was it? Malcolm Brown that picked it off. Yep. Yeah. It, it was. It was like that. Like that was a bad one. Or Malcolm Butler. Excuse Malcolm me. Butler. Excuse me. And then there was the other one in uh, in twenty ten miracle at the Meadowlands two, which I actually happened to be on the sidelines for when our punter Matt Dodge kicked it to Deshaun Jackson and he houses it for a touchdown as time expires to complete a 21-point comeback by the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, those are some of the worst endings in pro football that we've seen. The Minnesota end- Miracle, as a Saints fan, yeah. Minnesota Miracle is right up there. Time. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Marcus Williams was there. He just didn't make the play. Like, it's not like he was doing something that was outside of the structure of the defense. But in this instance this right here, this one was, I mean, they che- Jacoby Myers and Ramon J. Stevenson checked gangster, and it did not work out for the Patriots. Yeah. Like, this is one of the worst endings in pro football, period. You can join the program. Uh, what is, one, your reaction to that one, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Two, what are some of the worst and most dumbfounding, crazy, jaw-dropping, eye-popping endings to an NFL game that you have seen? We'll take some of your phone calls, and uh, we'll get into uh, more on this. And then, Evan, I still want to attack you for thinking that this is on coaches and not the players. Action. Ramondre Stevenson goes rogue. Reaction. Evan wants to blame the coaches here on ESPN Radio. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Is it hers or the team? All it will provide is bulletin board yep. material. Listen, uh-huh. this is all the smoke right here. Listen, and that's how football is supposed to be. We have familiarity with and they have familiarity with us. I'm pretty sure they hate me. <laughs> We're all waiting on Eagles Cowboys. We have some breaking news. You heard Christine Lisi in the Sports Center update there on Adam Schefter's report. Jalen Hurts' status for Saturday's game against the Cowboys now up in the air with Chris Canty. I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. You're on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers by saying play ESPN Radio. And We'll get back to that unbelievable ending of Raiders-Patriots. You can join us at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Some of the craziest endings you have ever seen on an NFL weekend. Well, the the end of Patriots-Raiders is one of them. But here's Adam Schefter, ESPN senior NFL insider, moments ago on NFL Live talking about the status of Jalen Hurts for the game against the Cowboys. In the third quarter yesterday, when a Bears defender fell on him, drove his shoulder into the ground, you could see at that point in time that Jalen Hurts was hurt at that time. And now it's so much so that his status for Saturday is in question about whether or not he can play against the Dallas Cowboys. If not, then it would be Gardner Minshew. But there was a big hit. He took a lot of punishment yesterday. He obviously was not feeling right. He was slow to get up a few different times. Jalen Hurts was, and now it's to the point where where the Eagles are with the record, with how well-positioned they are, they actually can afford to be very careful and cautious with him and make sure that he's better before they bring him back to play anybody else. So there's a real chance he misses Saturday's game against the Dallas Cowboys. He's dealing with a sprained shoulder. He's certainly in some pain here, and if he can't go, Gardner Minshew would start against the Dallas Cowboys. Chris Canty, your reaction? Yeah, I've had a sprained shoulder, actually uh, separated shoulder with my AC joint. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about a sprained shoulder. It's a ligament in the AC joint that gets stretched a little bit. Uh, and so that's incredibly painful. I've had to play getting that thing shot up in order to do that. I couldn't imagine if I was a quarterback having to throw and, and deal with that kind of pain, um, knowing the motion that's involved with, with throwing the football, especially driving the football downfield on the intermediate and deeper routes. So I, I just th- – this is going to be something that we have to watch going down the stretch. This is something that could derail the Eagles season. I'm sitting here looking at the play that had happened. It was a first and 10 with a minute 13 to go in the third quarter on the Eagles' 18-yard line. And you're talking about Jalen Hurts on one of those zone read concepts, and he actually made the right read where he pulled the ball because the defensive end closed down – but because Jaquan Brisker, the safety, did such a great job of setting the edge, that allowed Travis Gibson to get back into the play, and he drives Jalen Hurts into the ground, and there's no you know, roughing the passer penalty because at that point Jalen Hurts is a runner. And so he lands with full body weight on him. And you're talking about a 6'4", 270-pound defensive end. 
So that's a lot of weight. That's a lot of force. And he drives Jalen Hurts in the ground right on that right shoulder. So, Ian, in my opinion, this is going to be something to watch, and this is something that could shake up the NFC playoff picture. One, selfishly, right, in our focus group of one, this was the present we wanted to open on Christmas Eve. We wanted to see the Eagles and Cowboys go toe-to-toe, full strength, let's get after it, right? And not having Jalen Hurts, who, by the way, the impact of, of this, this news from Adam Schefter has hit Vegas, and I mean hard. The line this morning, Cowboys minus one and a half, which already I was a little carried out there. Remember we talked about the start of the show, if you are just tuning in. Crazy things happen during Christmas week, <laughs> during the holidays. And I saw that number like, why in the hell are the Cowboys favored over Philly? Almost like Vegas is begging you to take the Eagles. Well, that's when they were favored by one and a half. Now they are favored by five and a half. As far as the MVP race, Patrick Mahomes is now the favorite at minus 200, meaning you have to bet $200 to win 100 with Jalen Hurts at plus 250. Hurts was the odds-on favorite as of this morning until this news came out. But bottom line, this was the Christmas present I wanted to unwrap on Christmas Eve and watch Cowboys and Eagles sports hate get after it and swap some paint in a very violent fashion. And now we're still going to get it, but not with an MVP candidate playing quarterback for the Eagles. Yeah, and that's the part that's probably the most disappointing about it, right? Because we thought this was a little bit of a preview of something that we could see in the postseason, and we were robbed of it early on in the year because of Dak Prescott's thumb injury. So this was an opportunity to watch both of these quarterbacks go to head-to-head, and there's a lot of conversation, Ian, about who the best quarterback in the NFC East is. And as a result, the team that should be favored out of the NFC East to be a true title contender. But it doesn't feel like we're going to get that, especially with that news. And after rewatching that play, man, I, I got to say this, I can understand why Nick Sirianni and the coaching staff from the Eagles want to be conservative in how they approach this because you're going to need Jalen Hurts to be fully healthy in order for the Eagles to realize their full potential and make a run at the Super Bowl. You can't do it without Jalen Hurts. I know Michael Parsons was saying it's about the team around him, but you can't ignore the great decision-making that we've seen from Jalen Hurts all season long. Even in a game where he didn't play at his best, Ian, you're still talking about the guy throwing for over 300 yards and accounting for three touchdowns. That's right. pretty damn impressive. So you've had this injury. Um, all, most of my injuries, from going back to my playing days, guess what? It was all of my feet, as you know. You and I did the draft together now in, in Nashville, and I was, on, I was in, a, in, a, in a, like a push cart. <laughs> after, That's right. I after remember about that. Yep. 10 surgeries on my right foot. You've had this actual injury. Timetable to come back from it. I mean, for a defensive lineman, I didn't miss any time. I actually played with it. But again, I don't have to throw the football. I can put a shoulder harness on, one of those straps with the brace on it that, that limits the right. range of motion. Let me rephrase then. How long did it take you to feel normal again? Probably talking about a month. Who? You're probably talking about a month, yeah. Santa's coming down the chimney, right? I mean, we're, yeah. we're, we're in the dash for cash right now. And for people who don't know what that is, that's playoff checks. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a thousand, the dash a thousand for cash. percent. But here's the thing. That's the beauty of the Eagles being able to stack wins and being one of the most consistent teams in all of football because you've built this cushion, in essence, a two-game lead over the Dallas Cowboys, and you've got three games to go. So it's a situation now where you can afford to rest Jalen Hurts and all you have to do is rely on your team to be able to pick up another win to secure the number one overall seed, and you could get a potential bye week 
to get them additional rest before you have playoff action in the divisional round. Now it gets complicated because the Minnesota Vikings, they won again too, so you're trying to make sure you stay ahead of them as well. But I think based on the position that the Eagles are in, they can be a little bit conservative with how they handle Jalen Hurts in the timeline to return to play. Bottom line is also, I mean, just again, selfishly, I really wanted to see Hurts and the Eagles as close to full strength as you can get this time of year against the Cowboys, as close to full strength as they can be this time of year because those two teams can't stand each other. And I love some sports hate. I was really looking forward to this game. Looks like, in case you are just tuning in, Adam Schefter reporting Jalen Hurts won't go against the Cowboys with a banged-up throwing shoulder. He's Chris Canty on me and Fitzsimmons. We still want to hear from you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We'll get to some of your phone calls and the top five things we saw in the NFL this weekend right here on ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Fourteen minutes. We'll give you our top five observations from an insane weekend in the National Football League. With Chris Canty, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons, in for Chris Carlin here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. As we are presented in part by Progressive Insurance, you can always join the show on the Dr Pepper call in line at eight 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 say ESPN. 888-729-3776. Canty, we saw one of the wildest endings that you and I have seen in a few years Yeah, in the NFL. The ending of Patriots-Raiders where Ramondre Stevenson, who had a hell of a day, I mean, he's averaging nearly a first down every time he carried the football, will not be remembered for that. No. It was on his own, decides in Vegas, let's go ahead and split aces, and then <laughs> what you're supposed to do, but then all of a sudden gets a, gets another ace and doesn't go ahead and split it three ways. No, let's just go ahead and be dumb. You know, let, let, let that one stand there. And whoop, here we go. Let's go ahead and lateral to Jacoby Myers. And Jacoby Myers, instead of holding on the ball, it's a tie game. Let's just let the clock run out, go to overtime. No, we're going to try and throw it off our back foot, falling out of bounds 30 yards backwards to try to hit Mac Jones, which he was about 10 yards short on a lateral. Yeah. Chandler Jones barrels over Mac Jones. I felt like calling Mac Jones' family and saying, I'm sorry for what just happened to your son. Touchdown Raiders, ball game. I've never seen an ending like that in the last five, six years of, of, of in the NFL. Minimum. Ian, before we bang these calls out, i got to ask you a question. Real talk. Who wears that more, Ramondre Stevenson or Jacoby Myers? Because I think it's Jacoby Myers. Even uh, though Ramondre nah. Stevenson kind of – Opens Action, the door for reaction. that to happen. It's like murder I, in the I first. It. It's like murder in the first, man, with Kevin Bacon, right? Action, reaction. Action, Ramondre Stevenson doesn't throw that ball to Myers. The reaction from Myers to Jones can't happen. <laughs> I got you. So, I got you. I'm staying, I hear you. I'm staying. And Ramondre owned it. Mac Jones owned it for not making a tackle on Chandler Jones. And Jacoby Myers owned it for being an idiot trying to throw it to Mac Jones. Yeah. Kiefer in Maryland. Uh, your, your thoughts. Go ahead. You're on ESPN Radio. How's it going, fellas? I'm a big, big uh, Patriots fan, so that game, that hurt me a lot. But 
I want to go back to what you guys were saying earlier about it being more on the players than on the coaches. You know, I'm a huge Patriots fan, so I've watched every game this year. And something I've noticed this year more than any other year is the lack of discipline for a Bill Belichick coach team. And it's not just, you know, the last play of the game throwing these fumbles. It's calling that silly timeout in the first quarter in the red zone on a touchdown play and then having an offside, stupid penalties, getting them in trouble every game. Every every game this year has been something more, and it's the most undisciplined I've ever seen a Patriots team. So at what point do we start to put some of that lack of discipline on not just Belichick, but absolutely Patricia, who has no business being a play caller for the Patriots? I mean, listen, the coaching staff has to wear some of this. I, I don't know if that instance at the end of yesterday's game is on the coaching staff. Now, if you want to go back a couple of weeks ago to the Minnesota Vikings game and you had the roughing the punter call that gave Minnesota a first down and allowed them to have the go-ahead score on that drive and that comeback win, be my guest. Like, there are plenty of instances throughout the course of the season where you can point to the coaches allowing the players to be undisciplined that open the door for other teams to take advantage of it. But in that situation where you call a draw play with three seconds left in the game, the thing that's unsaid in that play call is that we're going into overtime. And the fact that Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Myers didn't understand that is more on the players than it is on the head coach, and I will always see it that way. Joe, in Florida, you're on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Crazy moment you've seen in NFL history. Joe in Florida. Michelle in Oakland. Michelle, you're on ESPN Radio. Go ahead, Michelle. Hey, how's it going? I'm in Oakland, so I've been wearing my Patriot hat around, and I can see the twinkle in everyone's eye. Um, a little early Christmas. So, um, first off, being a Patriot fan, we've been on the other end um, of a lot of, you know, butt fumble, Malcolm Butler, uh, the great inter- interception at the Super Bowl, the tuck rule, which the Oakland Raiders social media brought up 21 and a half, 22 years after today. Um, so we can't feel that bad. But Chandler Jones, who we drafted, who also brought us a Super Bowl in 2015, like, I mean, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. So I kind of am feeling a little bit like it's <laughs> it's interesting to be on this end of it. But, um, you know, it, it's a time coming. But no one's really talking about what uh, brought it to overtime, which was that cold touchdown. And that was more white chalk than LeBron at the press table. Um, so what are your thoughts on that, guys? Good call on that, Michelle, because we really haven't touched on that. Left corner of the end zone, uh, the toe was out. It was a bad call by the yeah, official. Yeah, it was, a, it was a terrible call, and I don't understand why the NFL officials doubled down on it on their social media account, saying that there was no incontrovertible evidence that the call should be overturned. It was clear. We see it in HD from multiple angles. The guy's toe was out. It was not a catch. So the fact that they went ahead and awarded them the touchdown was absolutely ridiculous, and Listen, we have too much technology to allow those types of mistakes in games that could be the difference in people keeping their jobs versus getting fired. Well, because that's ultimately what ends up happening, right, Ian? That last part, having a brother in coaching, right? Coaches for the Arizona Cardinals. Man, calls like that by officials. And the officials, they are held accountable to a degree behind the scenes, whereby they're not getting playoff games or whatever. That's the only way they're held accountable. Coaches? Strength and conditioning coaches, team docs, they're all fired. You know, calls that are missed like that cost people jobs. 
mean, yeah, it's unacceptable that that happened. But, I mean, listen, it opens the door now for teams like the Los Angeles Chargers, like the Miami Dolphins, yep. to secure their playoff spots. And, I mean, that's really what we're talking about. The, the fact that the New England Patriots had that opportunity and they let it slip through their fingers, I mean, that's the game that you're going to look back on as the season unfolds and say, if we're not in the playoffs, this is what kept us out of it. You just can't have a game in like Simmons. This is ESPN Radio. Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus.